Hey, Ryan. Yes, Andrew. Don't you kind of regret making our sort of like little shtick is opening every podcast with a question? Because, you know, it's I mean, it's funny and it's a nice hook, but it kind of becomes hard when you have a bullshit, dumb episode like this one. We can't really think of a question to ask each other. What's the meaning of life? Oh, God damn. I got juice everywhere. What? Did you just open like a juice box thing and it like sprayed everywhere? Yeah, I just drank a bunch of one of those little cans of pineapple juice. Uh, and when I opened it, it like shot pineapple juice everywhere. Yeah. Since when did you have a phone in your room? Since I've had to do all this insurance bullcrap. Oh. Oh, you're moving um, up in life. I know. Stress. Cool. Yep. Yeah, I'm an adult. Show me. Your- so happy to be an adult. At least when you go to sleep at night, you get to dream about things, I guess. But that's when I'm happiest. In my dreams. I can't wait for Inception to be real so I can be one of those. You never, you still haven't seen Inception, have you? I have not seen Inception. You absolutely need to see that movie. It is amazing and you'll love it. But there's a scene in the movie where they go into this basement to get like some drug that they need. And there's this underground, I don't even remember the circumstances. Basically, they had a bunch of elderly people hooked up to these machines that was allowing them to dream like more vividly because they can only live in their dreams and that's basically going to be us when we're older i'm hoping technology will advance by then that we have inception machines where we could live out our dream please take me away from this welcome to the explosion of happiness episode 56 it's october 28th 2016 it's time to talk about video games and laugh so hard at our misery that you almost crash your car i'm your host ryan and i'm your other host andrew and in this weekly podcast we talk about video games as well as um Is there anything else besides video games? No, we're so on topic every week. So Sweet. I guess I'll just get this out of the way. I didn't really play much this week. I played a lot of things, but I didn't stick with anything. I replayed through the first two-thirds of Fear because my wife wanted to watch me play it, so I did. And that game, it's showing its age, but it's, visually it still holds up really well. Also not nearly as scary as I remembered it being, but that's probably because Fear came at a time when psychological horror wasn't really being done. And horror games in that era weren't made to exclusively scare the shit out of you. They were also meant to entertain you, and Fear did both pretty well. I still give it a thumbs up and call it one of my favorite games of all time. Come at me. And I also played Wonderful 101 for like an hour and a half, and I'm so not even close to being far into that game that I won't talk about it until I know more other than I expected. It'll probably turn out to be a good game. How, 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 how is your week? It's been, uh, you know, it's been a... It's been a go home and stare at the wall kind of week. It's been a ride, yeah. Yeah. I've mostly just been playing 14 and doing real life bullshit. I, so. Yeah. So I guess we'll just start off with, since we ended last week talking about the Nintendo Switch, there were a couple of things that came out about that, even though Nintendo said there would be no further news about the Switch until 2017. But this last week, they did release a statement. They said the Switch will not be sold at a loss for them which is something I predicted last week and I could have sworn I heard in the past someone, I don't remember who, if it was Iwata or Reggie or someone else, but someone high up at Nintendo said that the Switch would be cheaper than everyone expected, which indicated to me it was going to be sold at a loss. But now they're saying they're not going to do that. So that means either the thing is going to be more expensive than we're expecting or the design of it is going to actually be a lot cheaper than I'm picturing. (sighs) That's disappointing or maybe you have to buy like a bunch of like the switch is just the tablet if you want to play it on your tv you need to drop 200 dollars for the docking station or something that could be it yeah different versions yeah this thing is going to be running on sd cards not hard drive memory right right i mean i actually don't remember reading that anywhere but i just assume that's the case oh well it's cartridges so okay Uh, sorry this weekly episode brought to you by nos cool Yay. I was drinking every day this week. Ah, I fucking spilt it on myself. God damn it. Brought to you by NOS. Yeah, so that's that's about that. It's just more speculation, but it was not something I expected to hear. I was almost positive they were going to sell the thing at a loss, and hopefully that doesn't say anything about its overall quality when it comes out. But maybe that will probably be the last official news story regarding this thing. We'll be going back to uh, rumors concerning the Switch probably till next year, even though I think it was also... Oh, yeah, there was one other thing. It's not going to be backwards compatible with physical... DS and Wii U video games. Yeah, I figured as much. Yeah. Especially with the Wii U once it was announced it was going to be uh using cards and not discs, so it's likely it will still be sold virtually. 
I wonder how fully Nintendo is going to support physical media with this device. Since it's a tablet and it's meant to be on the go, that seems like a ripe opportunity to push digital media. Of course, Nintendo's always been bad at that, but I'm just saying it seems like a lot of games that come to the 3DS and the Wii U have been virtual only, so it seems like Nintendo is starting to go that way like everybody else. Also, isn't Nintendo the game dev that really annoyingly does like just a first run of games and then never kind of like produces a second copy? Yes. Making it so it's like really fucking hard to find games that are not that old. I, exp- I told that whole story on a really old podcast by now, which about Ocarina of Time 3DS. That's right. Yes. Yeah, that's that's what I thought I was. And I just recently looked up Majora's Mask because I'm thinking eventually I want to play that too. And that's already about as hard to find as Ocarina was when I was looking for that. That's fucking ridiculous. It really is. And, you know, you can still buy them digitally, but I think Nintendo's way of doing it now is just release physical copies. And then at some point, they just stop producing them and make everyone buy them digitally. So physical copies are out there, but you have to kind of fight to get them. Yeah, and I fucking hate buying the fucking goddamn digital copies because it's just like their digital store and their digital store interface and their account interface with all that shit sucks. Well, if you lose your 3DS, you lose everything. Yeah, exactly. And it's... Ugh. That is stuff that they need to indisputably have fixed for the Switch that could break them if they don't have all that shit good to go. Online connectivity has probably been the thing Nintendo has sucked at the most over the last decade. I don't think they can afford to suck at it anymore. It's too critical. And plus how they treat YouTube and all, and BAM games. It's like Nintendo's slightly out of touch. Yet they pretty much popularized touchscreen, though. So maybe they're too much in touch. They're a little too touchy, you might say. Right. Too touchy. There we go. Yes. Too touchy. Too, too touchy. Too switchy. Too switchy, yes. By touchiness. All right. Uh, that's, I think, everything. I had. Oh, yeah. There's a rumor going around that the thing will have three hours of battery life. And everyone's yeah, I like, believe that. I yeah. believe that. Everyone's like, oh, my God, it's fucked. You know, the 3DS, when it launched, had three hours of battery life, and it sucks, but I think it won't actually be that detrimental. It'll be a huge annoyance, and everybody will hate it. Eventually, they'll release a model that probably has better battery life. But for the model at launch, this I could probably see. And honestly, I don't think it would do that much damage to me because I'll probably mostly just be playing it in bed. I won't be taking it outside very often. It's different for everybody, but this wouldn't affect me that much. And I would hope it would be at least like five hours. But for this thing to be able to do everything they're saying it will, that's very believable. Yeah, because I want to be able to like go to an airport and meet a girl and then play a basketball game. And then after I'm playing basketball, play basketball on my Switch. And it's like, I need battery life for that. Just common sense and practicality, yeah. I mean, besides the battery life and the price point, the only thing I'm really interested in is software. You know, like, what's going to be on it besides Zelda? And apparently Skyrim. And I heard Skyrim hasn't actually been confirmed for the console either. What? But they showed it in the fucking commercial. I know, but Bethesda has not officially confirmed that they're going to be actually putting it out. <laughs> it's still... In a week. Yeah, so I don't expect that to be a launch title. I don't have anything else to say on the Switch. So I have actually something that's kind of neat. Okay. For once. Titanfall Game tweeted out, Remember when buying a game got you everything? Another reason hashtag Titanfall 2 is different. No season pass needed. They announced that when you buy Titanfall 2, you'll get all future maps and DLC for free. So they're planning ahead for what happened with the first Titanfall. Yep. Good. Pretty much. Uh, I... I am a pessimist in a way. I bet you that means there's going to be a cosmetic cash shop similar to Overwatch. Probably. But I much prefer the Overwatch system than, say, the uh, you know Battlefront idea of selling maps and everything, which is ridiculous. So it is, I, this is a step in the right direction. It is, yeah, it's a, good, it's a good trade to have all that content because most games such as that on PC now are doing it that way. Now consoles are kind of following in its footsteps. Titanfall 2 straight up, I just don't think it looks that good and I'm not planning to get it. And even if it is a monumental success, they probably realize they're not going to get as big a return on Titanfall as most other shooters would. So they're trying to spin some PR to get people on board. It's good PR but also going to kind of have to rely on their other games are competing with to shit the bed. Because if no one oh. plays Titanfall 2 anyway, it won't matter. Yeah, and they, they also, you know, they have a link with like 10 different reasons. And the other one that, to play Titanfall 2, and the big one to me is they're adding a single player. And they're talking about boss fights, difficult boss fights, where you fight like against the Titan. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, I am more interested to play a single player than the multi. 
Yeah, actually, I might, I, I might get it now. Because the last single player that was helmed by the people making it was Modern Warfare 2, which was kind of as far as the interactive action movie experience kind of went before it became really fucking routine with every Call of Duty after that. Every time they made a Call of Duty game, they always put a lot of new things in it, came up with new ideas, changed the game up a bit. So, I'm yeah, that's why I'd like to play Titanfall 2. It's been so long, I wonder what ideas they've had cooked up in their heads on how they do single player. They say, we want to innovate beyond the corridor shooter that fans expect with features including boss fights. The single player campaign is loaded with memorable moments and tough battles. Gameplay variety. You won't spend your time in single player doing the same thing over and over again. There will be pilots fighting grunts, titans fighting titans, and slower moments where you must utilize your movement abilities and puzzle-solving skills to advance. The story is not a bomb-astic, glorified cutscene roller coaster ride that you might expect. It's the personal story of a pilot and a titan coming together. All right, that sounds neat. And they also, like, higher up, they say it has memorable characters. So, yeah, they're, they're talking it up. But, yeah, I, I'm interested. If it's good, if the single-player campaign's good, I'll probably buy it. Uh, I won't buy it, but I'll happily borrow it. Maybe I'll buy I it see. if it's on discount. I don't know. But, yes, I would also like to try it. You got anything? Uh, yeah, I got plenty of things. Uh, how about this amazing story? Team Liquid announces a Civilization 6 esports team. So now the Civilization series is esports. How does that make you feel? Why? Because we're all heading to oblivion. Apparently. And esports is guiding us there. Uh, didn't Civilization 6 just come out? Yeah, it did. Has it been getting received well? I heard it had like a mediocre reception. I've heard good things about it. People praising that the added complexity to city building is exactly what civilization needed. So I, but I haven't played it. So. You describe civilization as the ultimate grab a beer and fuck around with your friends and just burn time kind of game. And they're turning yep. it into a competition. Yeah. So I, I, I wouldn't know how I pictured that experience in my head as you described it. And then the fact that they're turning it into a competition just sounds like the most backwards ass ridiculous thing. Well, chess is a competition, and it's a turn-based game. I think Civilization VI is still a turn-based game. Chess is competitive, but it's also really not. Depends on what attitude you go in with it. So maybe I should stop bitching and be open-minded. Yeah. All right. I don't like doing that. I know. Can I just not do that instead? Sure. Okay. Warhammer Vermin Time just came out on consoles, and it's kind of finicky and not good. So anyone thinking about getting it on console, get it on PC instead. Yeah, I've heard a lot of not good things since like the game launched and it was really great at first, but then it wasn't because reasons. People don't really care for how much they had to grind to get weapons and advancement and there's felt like no point. Like you run a map once and that's it. Does this game have split screen on console? I don't think it does. Uh, I, I wouldn't know. I would imagine no. Even Left 4 Dead had two player split screen. And how we played that was we just get two TVs and four people together, and it was fun. Warhammer Vermintide seemed like it'd be a fun game to have with a crowd of people. Yeah. Like a LAN party for how rare of a concept that is today. That actually would be pretty cool, yeah. It would be a fun game. Especially, I mean, probably wouldn't be able to do the super high-end difficulties with it, but I haven't really kept up with Vermintide that much because, like other people, I just felt like I had put in way too much work to get drops, especially drops that I actually wanted to use. Like, I mostly played the elf, and I would not get a lot of elf drops, and that was really frustrating. I haven't followed Vermintide at all, but I kept wishing I could go back to it, and I never even beat it. I never fit, I never picked it up from where we stopped after, fuck, I don't, we got like a third through it or something. Right. And I, I felt like once I beat this, I probably won't play it anymore, but it was fun. It, I mean, yeah, that's kind of how I felt about it, too. It was a lot of fun. I had great with it. They did a great job with it. It's just... The way they designed it did not make the game last beyond just the first, like, initial playthrough. And, like, I farmed, and I farmed a ton, and after a while, it's just like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm not really enjoying myself. There really wasn't a point to keep farming once you've beaten everything. At least that's... Unless you wanted to do on higher difficulty levels, bro. But I'm saying once you... uh, That just makes the challenge of the game a grind. If you're good enough, you could beat the highest difficulty with all white weapons. It would just be a lot harder. And, like, really fucking hard. Yeah, you're right. Next story. Vine is dying. I didn't even know this. But, I mean, apparently... Really? Why is Vine dying? It's owned by the same company that owns Twitter. Both are doing bad. But, apparently, Vine's mobile platform just discontinued, which is insane. Because mm. Vine is extremely fucking popular, but apparently they just didn't plan ahead for how to pay for all the expenses it's costing them. 
So yeah, that's weird. I, like I heard that Twitter's not doing well, and I was like, "How is Twitter not doing well?" It's losing a lot of users, but all the drama that ever happens is like usually on Twitter. Everything we ever hear about is Twitter. Everything leaks on Twitter. It's the source of so much information that gets conveyed now. I mean, it doesn't surprise me at all that people are no longer using it. But yes, it is kind of odd. Vine specifically is personally, I fucking hated Vine, even though I know some good things did come out of it. But for the most part, the friends I had that were interested in Vine, it was always really obnoxious, stupid shit of people just being douchebags. So I heard there's a lot of twerking videos on Vine. Yeah. So it's a lot of assholes being assholes and doing it in a way that people find funny. But I just find idiotic because I'm an old man. There are some funny things usually involving animals and techno music, but, you know, that's far in between. Usually it's just a guy with a backwards cap running around yelling at people and doing stuff like that. So good. Mm-hmm. Go away. All right. Uh, Brutal Doom 64 mod is being released on October 30th. I feel like we've talked about Brutal Doom before. Brutal Doom 64. This is a mod. Oh, gotcha. Okay, for the 64. Yeah. yeah. The 4 version is quite a bit different because if I remember right, they couldn't get the BFG to work in the 64 version. So they actually has a different ultimate weapon. It was, yeah, a drastically different game. Yeah. Uh, and it was like completely different campaign and everything. And I don't think it was actually that good of a game, but a lot of people speak of how it was a lot more atmospheric than the other Dooms. It was a lot creepier and eerier and it had things going for it. Which kind of makes me wonder, does that mean that the people who like Doom 64 are also the same people who like Doom 3? Because Doom 3 was atmospheric, but I hated it. <laughs> I never played Doom 64. I've always steered clear of it. But they're making a brutal mod for it, which would kill the atmosphere, but maybe it makes it more fun. And maybe that's what the game needs. Yeah. So uh, this already started. Pokemon Go Halloween event starting this last Wednesday. For now, yeah, my yeah, girlfriend I, showed it to me. Yeah, you have a higher chance of catching ghost Pokemon and something, something, something. Bones. Yeah, I don't have care. you? Yeah, well, I, don't care. I, I don't give a fucking. I, I, I don't know if I have the game still on my phone. I, I tried to look up like a like. I went to like a Pokemon Go subreddit or fan site or something, trying to figure out like what changes they made to the game like two weeks ago to see if it's worth getting back into. And instead of finding like a list of changes, I found a like. Top 10 reasons why Pokemon Go is still worth playing. Neat. That's and how you like, know it's worth playing. And, that's, and then I immediately was like, yeah, this is how I know it's not worth playing. And I just like, I'm not, no, I'm not. When the fans have to make excuses for a shitty game. I know that the site that was building those Poker Radar things got sold to someone or someone bought them. Or I guess they at least they bought the programming, the technology behind it or something. So I got it's going to be put to use by someone. But did they ever unblock any of that shit or allow anything? Did they improve the radar? I don't know. I literally don't know because I don't care. Okay. I will probably turn on the game and just see for myself. I don't expect it to get me back into it, but I just want to see if there has been any changes. My problem wasn't just the fact they took away the radar. My problem was the game already was like, paper thin on top of it you know and then they made it even more thin by taking away the radar and i'm like i don't i'm not going to play a game where they do this kind of shit i was liking the idea of looking at a radar and sprinting to a location to catch a pokemon and that kind of changed the whole game in my eyes and made it something more entertaining and then they took it away and maybe go oh yeah i don't really want to just walk in brown circles and hope to get lucky so that, yeah, that, if you could have, like, a radar, like, a little fucking, like, Google map that you could zoom out of and see, like, a Pokemon, like, a half mile away with a timer, that'd be way more interesting than just wandering around fucking aimlessly. It would probably get people to get even more exercise because they'd be running longer distances, but with a purpose. Pokemon Go is, like, an excuse to just go out and walk, but going outside exclusively to play Pokemon Go was not fun. Right. That, that was the main reason to do it. It was like, if I'm not at least having a conversation with somebody or going sightseeing or something at the same time, it was like, I'm just rocking around with my head cut off. Pokemon Go basically just gamified walking, which is cool. Because <laughs> walking's enjoyable and turning walking into a game is awesome. But like you said, I played it with my girlfriend and it really helped because we chit-chatted along the way. But it felt like we were working towards something and we'd like occasionally look at the radar and be like, oh, there's something around here. And we'd focus on the game for a little bit, and then once we found what we wanted, where it disappeared, we'd continue on our walk. Oh, and look, another like we Pidgey. Oh, look, yeah, another right. Rattana. Another Rattana. And that's yet another fucking reason why I quit playing. That, on top of, you know, like what you're talking about right now, with like, it's just the same fucking Pokemon, on top of having to work so hard to just get regular fucking Pokeballs. When I first started the game, I had plenty of Pokeballs, and then I got hit level, like, 16, and I struggling to get Pokeballs. It's like, I'm not going to pay money for fucking Pokeballs, which is the entire core of the gameplay. Ugh. Fuck that game. 
I'll say I'm not against getting back into it, but I want it to get better. I want them to put all the things they pulled out of it back into it or figure out a way to make it work with the game's ecosystem. They're making so much money off of it. I think they could probably throw a couple bones to the audience. Does Nate still play? Uh, He said he was playing it for the Halloween thing. Hmm. I don't know if he actively plays it otherwise. He, he's, he, uh, everybody I know, he was the one that seemed to enjoy it the most. Maybe we should be asking him. He should be our in-the-field correspondent for the Pokemon Go updates. I'm sure he'd love to come on and debate this. We'll have to do that. I don't, he doesn't have to debate it. I just want to know if they made it better. I doubt it. I'll find out. Eight. How about that? Yeah, you I, do that. He's the researcher. You just report back his findings. Basically, yeah. We'll give him a grant and everything. I'll put it through my bitter filter and try to sanitize it as much as possible to make it dry and as interesting sounding as I can. If you like Pokemon Go, good for you. I'm glad you like it. It's neat. Yeah, for I mean, me personally, yeah. these are the problems I have with it, and I feel really strongly about it because I like Pokemon, and I thought Pokemon Go could have been good, and that's why I kind of have a strong emotional attachment to yeah. negative attachment to it. I feel like it was something so special, and then it just stopped right there in its tracks and immediately yeah. got worse. It could have been so much more... The sky was the limit when that game came out, and within, like, two weeks, they fucked it up. Yeah, it, it was like... It's like you're running around, going, wee, wailing your arms in the air, super happy and excited, and then you trip and land flat on your face, and you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. It, it really says something, because if that game wasn't Pokemon, no one would play it. It would have just been a shitty game, and everybody probably... like Some crazy people would have, but for the most part, right. people would have thought it was a waste of time. But it was such a significant like, thing, such a nostalgic grab... They just wasted the opportunity. Like, if it was a really shitty IP that nobody likes, like, for example, if it was Digimon Go, nobody would have played it. <laughs> I hope we don't have any Digimon fans. They're pretty crazy. <laughs> they oh, you, you really did crazy. that on purpose, didn't you? I did, yeah. that, I did yeah. that completely on purpose. <laughs> I actually kind of liked it. I, I watched, like, the first season of Digimon as a kid. I kind of liked it. I actually had one of the first Digimon games, too, and it was fun. Everyone I know who watched Digimon to any extensive point were very militant at constantly arguing that it was better than Pokemon, and I always shook my head and said, okay, cool, neat, I yeah, okay. That's how, that's how you immediately know it's something's not better, is if you have two things. You have A and B, and A's really popular, but nobody from Camp A talks about B that much, but then you go over to B, and B's pretty good too, but all anybody talks about with B is how B is better than A. When all B can do is compare itself to A, you immediately know it's inferior to A. No offense, Digimon, but... Rest in peace, COD Battlefield 1, best game ever. Yep, that's like another perfect example. I Yeah, no, that's, yeah. Or fucking Overwatch and that Gearbox game, Battleborn. Finally remembered. I didn't watch Digimon, so I don't know, but whether it is objectively better or not, you can't deny that it did right off the back of Pokemon's popularity. At least branding itself and marketing itself in a similarly way. Yeah. They were going and- for the same audience. As for the games, pretty much every main entry in the Pokemon series plays more or less the same, with each successive game just making improvements on the previous ones. Digimon games change drastically between, like, Digimon 1 and Digimon 2 and Digimon 3 are all really fucking different from each other. Like, Digimon 1, you didn't have direct control over your Digimon when he was fighting. You didn't have a clear objective. A lot of it was wandering around. You would train your Pokemon, like you'd make him exercise and feed him to change his stats. And based off what form he was and what his stats became, he digivolved randomly. So there was no set path in digi, you know, how they digivolved. And that was kind of fun. You would only have one Digimon and eventually they would die and start over as an egg again. So you kind of went through this cycle of trying to figure out like, what stats do I need? What weight do I need to get really good, higher level uh, ultimate Digimon? And then, like, the next Digimon came out, and it was, like, a fucking RPG. Okay. And I, and I liked the first one because it was different. And then the second one came out, and it was... It was different by being the same as everything else. Oh, that's right. Actually, I did have Digimon World 2. And the main thing that killed Digimon World 2 was the really horrible load times. Wait, what and the fact pl- that every area looked the same. What platform was this on? PlayStation. Both games were on PlayStation. 1 or PS2? PlayStation, PlayStation 1. Okay. Damn, that so that that that's the first place. That's the first Digimon World. The second Digimon World was a fucking dungeon crawler where you would have three Digimon at a time with a turn-based RPG battle system. <laughs> okay, yeah, so, yeah, they really went with, with strength. They had roguelike elements. Like while you were in the dungeon, you were in a this thing called a digi crawler, 
and the size of your battery on the digicrawler determined how many steps you could take. So you'd have to go into dungeons to farm, like I think it was called Zenny in that game, to buy bigger batteries so you could take more steps in dungeons. Like the shell of your crawler determined the HP and you'd hit traps and it would lower the HP of your shell. And just like really asinine shit like that. Also, it was grindy as fuck because if you wanted to digivolve your Digimon, it could do so at like 11, 21, and 31. But your Digimon had like a level cap of like 12. And if you wanted to get that level cap higher, you had to raise two Digimon to their level cap of 12, and then you would fuse them. And then the level cap, if I remember right, would become the highest level plus half of the lower level Pokemon or Digimon, sorry. So if you had two 12s, then the new level cap would be like 18. So you had to really fucking grind a shit ton. It had really, like, I cannot stress the bad load times enough. Like, the load times in that game were horrendous on top of it already being really fucking grindy. And then the shitty part is, I really like Digimon World 1. And then Digimon World 2 came out, and it was... <sighs> so then I take it there was never a Digimon World 3 for that reason. There was a Digimon World 3, there also was? for the PlayStation. Digimon World 3 played more like a traditional... I never got it, so I don't know exactly how it battles, but it played more like a traditional RPG game, like a Final Fantasy, where it had a stronger storyline and you didn't have to grind, but it still played with like a party of Digimon. So it's like each game was so radically fucking different from the last, yet they were still numbered like they were in the same series. So there was a bit of an identity crisis behind it. There was a really big identity crisis, yes. Whereas Pokemon started as the video game, right? Before anything. Yeah, and then they established everything off of that, and the game basically, yeah, it was like the template for everything they ever did with that series. Well, you know what Digimon originally started off as, right? Was it Omega or an anime? It was those little keychain Oh, okay. No, I didn't know Yeah, the little little keychain pet trainers. I'm pretty sure that, like a Tamagotchi type thing, I'm pretty sure that's what they started off as. Yeah, those were huge in Japan. Yeah. They were a fad over here for a while, and a good fad. I enjoyed that. Were you a part of that too? Did you have your own Tamagotchi things? Yep, I had I had one. Yeah, I could never really take good care of it. Maybe I think I eventually I... gave it to my dad, and my dad fucking killed it at that game. Like he was really good at it, <laughs> and he kept it alive way better than I did. You would think being an adult, if you were to go back to that now, you'd be able to crush it, but then you'd just fuck it up again. I think I tried Pocket Pikachu. It was like a little mini Game Boy size, one of those things where, you know, it's like a Tamagotchi, but you raise a Pikachu instead, and that, me and all my friends had that, and I always fucked it up at some point. I had a friend who had it at, like, its highest love level, and was just, like, making bank with it, and for some reason, I just always fucked it up. I couldn't make it love me. I couldn't force it to love. No matter how many watts I shoved down its face, it never loved me. But I've always thought if I had just a little less dignity, I'd wear one of those things at work. All that moving around... I generate so much wattage, and just, oh yeah, yeah, I remember that stuff. I like, I would, I'd do it without shame. Yeah. Especially recently, whenever when Pokemon Go came out, and everybody was talking that shit up. I really wish they'd re-release that thing. It's a novelty. I've seen like YouTube videos reviewing it, and I think they made a sequel to it, Pocket Pikachu Two. I never saw it in stores, but apparently there was one. And I don't know how that would mesh with like smartphones and stuff now, but Tamagotchis were an awesome, neat thing back in the day. I guess I just yeah, everyone has their phone games now. So yeah, that too. Which I guess is a good segue into Candy Crush is becoming a live action game show. Wait, is this going to be like that? Fuck, what was it called? Uh, It was on Nickelodeon. Nick Nick Arcade. I don't remember Nick Arcade. You don't remember Nick Arcade? It was called Nick Arcade. I, I remember Nick. I remember a lot of things from Nickelodeon. I don't remember Nick Arcade. Oh my god, I think it was called. Yeah, it was called Nick Arcade. You seriously do not remember fucking Nick Arcade? I loved Nick Arcade as a kid because it felt so cool. Like I want to be on Nick Arcade because it would show like three kids, and then like it would be one of their turns, and they'd show like all these fucking arcade cabinets that have like the original Sonic the Hedgehog How or like the- Joe and Mac, and you'd pick which one you'd you'd want to play, and then you'd have to do like get to a certain uh, points in the first stage or something. I can't believe I've never heard of this. And then, like, the winner, like, the finalist team, they get to go into, like, an actual, like, you'd be on a green screen, and it would be, like, an interactive video game where you had to, like, move around and touch things while you, like, ducked underneath, like, fireballs and shit. Nickelodeon used to be pretty awesome. Nick Arcade was amazing. Up there with, like, Legend of the Hidden Temple. 
Legend of the Hidden Temple and Nick Arcade were the shit, dude. Why can't we have nice things again? I don't know. I mean, if they did something like this in a modern era, it would basically just be an esports competition. So Yeah. This is, so this is the original esports competition. Well, this is back when video games were... It was a different time. Much different time. God, Nick Arcade was the best. You know, I've always had this fantasy idea, like, what if there was a TV channel dedicated to just rerunning a TV channel from the 90s exactly how it was, not just, like, taking things from the 90s and putting it... I mean, like, time capsule, the exact entire year of broadcasting, the exact way it was on Nickelodeon in, like, 1990, whatever the fuck, and just airing it 24-7 as was, and it'd be, like, just going back in time. There is an actual... There is that for Nickelodeon, actually. There is. There's a channel, yeah. And it even has fucking 90s commercials, dude. Like, old Capri Sun commercials and shit on it. Okay, well, that's neat. I guess I was thinking more... What I'm saying is I want to build a time machine and go back to my childhood. (laughs) I don't want to see clips from my childhood. I don't want montages and homages to my childhood. I want my childhood back i can't uh, i cannot remember the url but i remember a friend linked it to me once and it's not like it's not like a netflix is it, thing is it, you get it's a, a stream right or something yeah it's a constant I stream think, it's like an old I think TV where yeah. like what's on is what you get to see like you don't get a pick yeah and there's I like think, a chat and everything i think i've heard of it i think i may have even like come across it i, I don't remember what it was I called think it's called the splat is it something that they were just constantly adding more stuff to or did they actually just straight up rip entire days worth of broadcasts i think they'd make their own broadcast program maybe i'm not sure oh well that's so cool either way i hope i can remember what that's called and then find it that is the splat okay the splat or neckbox one or the other all right do you have to subscribe to it now like what oh you have to pay that's not cool anymore it's so it's it's run by nickelodeon i'm guessing it looks that way yeah Wait, retro Nickelodeon. But it has like Hey Arnold and all real monsters. Wait, this is like a loot crate thing. Oh, the Nick box is a loot crate thing. It's oh, a bunch it, of fucking the... merchandise, and that looks where the fuck is stupid. The splat emoji app. Okay, maybe this isn't it. Uh, Nick reboot, non-commercial, non-profit. Re- okay, it's called Nick reboot. Nick reboot. Okay, I'm gonna watch it now instead of doing this podcast. Do it's on. Uh, server not found. <laughs> I think it got yeah. taken down. <laughs> Wait, neckreboot.com. And reboot and reboot.com. And reboot. Okay, the they changed the URL. Now playing is Global Guts and up next is Romeo and I don't care. Oh hey, Legend of the Hidden Temple's on later. Fuck yeah. That's cool. This whole thing I is like cool. Global. Neat. I like this. Yeah, Legend of the Hidden Temple. I remember that. Legend of the Hidden Temple was the shit, dude. I wanted yeah. to be on that as well. Nick Gas. Oh yeah, their sports thing. Yep. Well, that and Global Guts. What was the uh, one with the sliming? Oh, what was that called? That was... Figure It Out. Figure It Out, okay, yeah. That one, too. I That's watched one, a lot of that. Yeah. Well, there's two that had it. There was Figure It Out, where they'd have... Like, a kid would come out with a talent, and the people would have to ask questions. And if they mm-hmm. said a word, they'd get slimed. Oh, and yeah. And the other one was yeah. Double Dare. That also had the slime. Yeah. Simpler times. Why can't, I want to be a kid again. Man, I didn't think we were going to have anything to say about the Candy Crush thing, but by bringing it up, we initiated Wait, what Candy Crush? The whole, the whole, the whole, the nothing. <laughs> it's not existent. It's, it's nothing. Nobody knows what. Yeah, let's just talk about Nick Arcade more. Yeah. Or we can talk about the last story I had. Let's do it. Okay. Well, the last actual story I had. United Front Games has closed its doors. United Front Games put out Mod Nation Racers. Sleeping Dogs and Triad Wars. And all I can say is Sleeping Dogs was a game that I really liked, and I very cautiously, optimistically hoped there would be a Sleeping Dogs 2, even though that was probably never going to happen because Sleeping Dogs sold like shit. But Sleeping Dogs was basically GTA meets a John Woo film. You played as like this undercover agent working for a triad, and there was kung fu and awesome gunfights, car chases, and everything was really impactful and awesome. It was an awesome open-world game. Yeah, looking at their games, they just have like... um. A lot of minor stuff, but I know that Sleeping Dogs was a really well-liked game. It was one of those games that very few people played, but the ones who did, including me, loved it. There were a lot of DLC for it that I never played, but I still was hoping that just straight-up Sleeping Dogs 2 would happen this gen. But that will almost take a miracle at this point. 
I wish my brain was working. I could probably say something more detailed about Sleeping Dogs. But I'm just saying, if you like those kind of open world games, uh, look at Sleeping Dogs because it's what a lot of people overlooked. And it's definitely worth checking out. It has kind of a Batman Arkham hand-to-hand combat, so it's very simple. But it's like I said, you, you feel like a fucking badass kung fu fighting people. And I remember, you don't even get a gun until you're like halfway in the game. But there's so much meat to the actual combat as you're playing through it. It's so satisfying that it doesn't even really need that. And yeah, it's just good fun. I don't ever buy DLC, but if I did, Sleepy Dogs probably would have been the game I bought DLC for because playing through it and the missions and design for it was just fun, nonstop. We need to get um, Civilization Six and get on that bandwagon and get good because mm-hmm. esports is right around the corner and yeah. soon there's going to be a bunch of douchebags. And this will be our yeah. this, this is our train to rich and richness and fame dump. Yeah, riches and famousness. I That's can't wait. I, I'm going to be very amused when there's like dubstep montages of douchebags <laughs> playing Civilization Six, <laughs> screaming "Get Wreck Kid!" as they <laughs> fucking make scientific discoveries and shit like that. I, Oh shit, motherfucker! I just developed aerospace technologies. What? What? Wah, wah, wah. Sit down, kid. And then, like a little thing of Snoop Dogg doing this little dance pops up in the corner, like weed skins. I don't think I said last week how when I was playing a Call of Duty beta, so many fucking people were using like weed clan tags. Weed was like in their name. It was. It's a thing that's like beyond parody at this point, but so many people still do it that it's kind of baffling when you descend into those kind of lower depths, dude. Dude, hmm. weed, weed, man, weed, 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 yeah, weed, 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 <laughs> weed, weed, four twenty, <laughs> yeah, four twenty, weed, man, four twenty, weed, swag yellow, <sighs> weed. This episode brought to you by weed. Yeah, I would. Yeah, weed. Yeah. I like how whenever someone mentions weed, everyone just goes, yeah. Hey, we live in Washington, dude. Weed's no longer cool because it's now legal. That's true. When you smoke weed, you're no longer oppressing the man. You're actually paying taxes. So, uh, cocaine. Yeah. Woo. All right. We got, yes. It's time to stop. It's time to stop. Yes. Let's train. Okay. If you like this podcast or any of our podcasts, Hey, this one's only 50 minutes long. That's yeah. like a that's amazing. Yeah, we're we're obviously losing our steam. <laughs> well, I mean, we've been, we've always lost our steam. We're just a train wreck that keeps on wrecking every week. That's right. Uh, so if you've listened to this train wreck, thank you sincerely. Hey Ryan, where can they find us? You can get wrecked at www.explosionofhappiness.com <laughs> and find our podcast on iTunes uh, and YouTube as well <laughs> by searching for Explosion of Happiness. Get wrecked. Get rest. Yellow. Bye bye. Goodbye. But I, I guess that brings up the question I wonder how hard they're going to. What? I want you're moving things around. No, oh, my chair is fucking. I'm tra- here. Let me try and see if I can't move, adjust my chair to not make. Sorry, sorry. It's an old chair. Okay. Okay. All right. I'll stop breathing. Thank you. Mm. Just do that for about 45 more minutes, and we're good. Yeah, and I fucking hate buying the goddamn calling copies. Or wow, don't read and talk at the same time. Hold on. Oh, that was weak. God, fuck you. Leave me alone. No. They say that they want to bring you an... an, Sorry. Ace podcast time. Um, Pretty much every... Pretty much every... Oh my god, the director of fucking Fast and Furious of Star Trek Beyond is making Space Jam 2. That is the perfect fit. I'm yeah, so excited. It, it actually is. <laughs> yeah, LeBron James is the only cast member so far. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's probably not even in pre-production yet. It's just someone out there probably wants to do it. Probably LeBron James. <laughs> He's probably the one who's like, 
<laughs> he's like, he's just throwing, throwing, the start. He's just yeah. throwing money at it to get it done himself. <laughs> I'm the best basketball player ever, and this I want to be the only way to I'm better than Michael Jordan. It's the yeah. big space man. <laughs> except Michael Jordan will be the villain. Yes. In that basketball RPG game, I think Michael Jordan, he was like the Darth Vader of that universe where he like turned evil and like led the genocide against other basketball players or something. God, what, what's that, what's that fucking game called? Something, something, shut up and jam, Gaiden. Barkley, shut up and jam, Gaiden. Yep. I, I've had that on my backlog and yeah, that's I've, like... Did, I remember trying to play that game when it first came out in like 2008 or something. Because it was like, there was like an alpha couple, yeah, whatever. Hmm. I just thought it was being streamed by a lot of sources. In post cyber apocalyptic neo New York, yeah, that right there is a fucking amazing hook. Just the name of the place. It sounds like it's for a joke. They did such an incredible job actually building a universe in a in like appropriately and believably for as ridiculous as it is. It also has like a really good song. Yeah, this is the intro. <laughs> this is one of the cringiest weirdest porns i've ever seen and i'm I'm going to make you watch it okay let's do it god i am so fucking pissed if he stands me up he always does this like it's not cool at all like i don't i don't understand yeah i mean he didn't say anything he just left well what are you watching it's anime i mean i mean (laughs) do you like anime um, no, but I mean, I guess I can watch it. Okay. Uh, I still you just found this by chance? Yes. Say, then, like, does he usually do that? It gets Yeah, he it does gets it a lot, actually. Better. And it's starting to piss me off. Same. If I was your boyfriend, I would never stand you up. Yeah, that's not ever gonna happen. <laughs> oh. Oh! That one's like, did you see that? Yeah. Oh my god. Oh. So you, uh, like, really like this show? Actually, I like everything Asian. Oh! <laughs> That's good. Yeah. I like how she grabs the pillow. Oh, <laughs> well, um... You no, know, I think I gotta go to the bathroom. Okay, you know where it is. Okay. God, this is the most pissed I've ever seen. What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck are you doing? Oh my god, get in here. What are you doing? I'm gonna get in trouble. What are you doing? Listen, anime, TV, you were in here. That's weird. I'm so weird. I mean, you're my boyfriend's roommate and you're jerking off while I'm peeing. <laughs> no, but you know what? He's probably out. <laughs> no, that's really weird. It's not where it's hot. <laughs> We're hitting like a point in porn where it's like everything is like a meta irony where it's like. You say this actually? Okay, they're they're now doing the dick sucking part. Yeah, you like, need to watch this. Okay, bit. all right, all right. This is like episode six. Season five of my anime. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, this is so real. Well, this is a really roundabout way of reminding me, but I actually was watching One Punch Land last week. Uh, okay, I'm just watching her gagging this guy's dick. Well, anyway, One Punch Man is. There's one more line. There's one more okay. line. You look just like a character in my favorite movie. <laughs> I just love he's getting this dick stuff. This is like season six, episode seventy-seven of my anime. Uh, oh my god! They know how to make their own fun. Like, I, I don't know if they're trying to make fun of somebody or if this is like literally the guy who came up with this. Like, this happened to him, but it didn't have the pornographic finish. And he's like, I wish it did. Or is this is this ironic or serious? I have I want to know. Yeah, like there's got to be a story behind this. Right there's yeah. a there's a story behind this fucking plot. It's, it's too specifically weird to not 
Yeah, <laughs> it's so it's so fucking cringy. It's like I was watching this. I'm like, all right, cool. Morgan Lee, this chick's pretty hot. What the fuck is going on? And then that fucking line she gets for us. I don't. You can't. I can't quite understand what she's saying, but she's like, I got so much piss in me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Who the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> I've never. I, of all the ways to convey, you gotta go. I've never ever even thought of using that phrasing oh i'm going to use that phrasing now <laughs> it's gonna be a trend I'm, every time i go to the bathroom or the urinal in a public place i'm going to go oh i got so much piss in me yeah so i'll i'll second that there's yeah it's just it was it's one of the, it's one of those moments where it's like you start watching it and just all of a sudden you're not aroused you're intrigued and you're like what the fuck is happening what is this Anyway, so you started watching One Punch Man? Oh, yeah, totally. Well, yes, I did start. Was that a joke, or did you actually just want me to talk about One Punch Man? Well, I I, I didn't mean to decide, really. I did want to oh. talk about One Punch Man. Uh, I, didn't want to, I didn't bring it up, because I'm on the last three episodes. I watched up, like, three episodes per sitting with Chelsea, so we're probably going to finish it either tonight or tomorrow. So good, isn't it? Were you the one who said that it kind of it's kind of a mixed bag? Or was that some, in reference to something else? No, I didn't say it was a mixed bag. I said, oh. I think the entire thing's good. I think, like, I thought the first three episodes were amazing, and then it kind of started to. I assume there's like a point to everything that's happening and like the pacing it's going at, but uh, yeah, it just seemed like it kind of. It, it's kind of. You, kind you of saw this. You saw the Sea Lord episodes, right? The what? Seeking episodes. The Seeking. Yeah, we just finished that. Yeah, that, that's yeah, that amazing. Was, yeah. So no, fucking I, good. I, I think it, it is good. I, I like it. I think it's a mixed bag. It has those weird episodes because it's trying to make you have the specific idea of who Saitama is. So there's like, well, yeah, like, I, I feel like this entire anime is like laying down the groundwork of its universe. Mm-hmm. And by the time it'll end, like I'm glad there's going to be a season two. Cause I just don't, I didn't really like, I don't care for the whole class cbas thing and like the measuring and all that fucking just anime shit but i assume it's is doing it for a reason and by the end it's like gonna there's going to be a point to it all or it's gonna, there's gonna be a significance well it's you you're already at the point like the seeking episodes are like the significance of it where it's the idea that yeah being a hero isn't just being able to destroy things in a single punch yeah being a hero is also being able to inspire hope that's what i've been gathering because it's so, like when like yeah. episodes four through six happened in yeah. Saitama, how he was pretty much not in the episode till the very end. That's why I began to realize, oh, the series isn't really about him. It's more like about the idea of him. Uh-huh. And like, I guess just everything that surrounds him as much as it's about him. Whereas the first three episodes were all about him and how much of a badass he was. And then it kind of drifts. And I, I really like how the show introduces side characters so well, even if they're only there for like a minute or two. And there's so oh, many yeah, like Purine, Purine Prisoner. Yeah, like, even the first episode, the fucking, like, businessman who get, just got involved in that, I thought was, like, really fucking amusing. And then there's, like, the bicyclist and stuff like that. Like, that's probably the biggest strength of this, this show is just how it has so many characters and they're all introduced so well. Yeah, they... And they all have, like, such a, a purpose. It does a really good job of using tropes, anime tropes, to convey ideas, but not relying on those tropes to tell the story. Well, it kind of like makes jokes. It kind of uses them to make the like, jokes about them. Right. But it well, not only does it use it to make the jokes about them, it also makes it so you because it uses really kind of like iconic design. So you instantly, by looking at the character, for example, like Purim Purim Prisoner, you can instantly tell what the character is, what he's supposed yeah. to be. So they don't have to spend a lot of time developing the characters. Yeah. So that's why that's why the side characters I think have so much significant punch. I, it's I... it's a surprisingly like, for how dumb and goofy it is on the surface, it's a really fucking deep anime. Yeah, it's that's how it's starting to feel, because, like, when it started, it just seemed like it was kind of like this parody joke mm-hmm. that was, like, making fun of other animes, but then, like, the last episode with the Sea King was the one where it's like, okay, yeah, it's, it's actually got a point Yeah, trying to convey. Yeah, one is an amazing writer. Like, I... And, the, I mean, the art is fucking really good, too. It's... I, like, seriously, I'm somebody who's, like, the, the only manga I read is manga I started reading as a teenager. So the only one I'm currently reading is uh, One Piece and Fairy Tale, and Fairy Tale's about to end. 
So that means the only manga I'm going to be reading is One Piece. And the only reason why I'm in it is because I'm so invested in it. Because I've been invested in it since I was a fucking teenager. Yeah. And it's like, I've always thought, like, manga is lame now. Anime is lame now. Like, I haven't really watched something since 2012, which was Code Geass. And it's like, I can't really get into most anime anymore. And then I started watching this, and I'm like, holy fuck, this is why... This is why anime's around, is for really good shit like this to happen. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, I, I, yeah, it's like, it's cool. Like, I, how, I like how they have the first, like, few, like, goofy comic comedy episodes to kind of set everything up so that the later, more serious episodes actually kind of have a punch to them. Yeah. So, like, the first time I was watching this, like, obviously, these are fucking spoilers for One Punch Man, which, if you haven't seen One Punch Man and you're listening to this, go watch One Punch Man if you like anime. But the Seeking episodes I really like because with a. Uh, I can't remember what it is. it's like Moomin Writer or something. It stands for like in English, it's unlicensed writer or whatever because he doesn't yeah. have a license. But when he's like confronting the Sea King and he just kind of like throws his limp body at him and gets like knocked back, but he, then he gets back up again and everybody starts cheering for him. Like I was fucking cheering for him. I was like, oh my god, become a one punch. Like if he, like I wanted him to go up and just become like a one punch man for that one hit and just like destroy him. And one hit so bad. Like, I was fucking cheering for that character. Like, I, it's been a while since I've watched something where I actually was that fucking invested in what was going on. And, like, the music, too, was just, like, perfect for everything that was happening. And just, like, man, that... It's amazing to have, like, a powerful moment like that from entertainment media. Yeah. And it, it's not something you feel all the time. And that's great when you do. Well, my favorite part, hands down, was when he smashed the comet and then it still destroyed the city. Yeah, that was hilarious. And I knew what was going to happen. I was like, they can't just blow up the comet. It's going to make debris. Oh, it did. Okay. <laughs> he still saved the city, but he... I know. I mean, that's it, the, he did. That was the point. But it was yeah. like, it was still funny how he's just kind of like, well, that's that. Well, like everything is exploding in the background. Well, the reason I thought it was like a mixed bag is because it, it was like, it's been so formulaic and how a bunch of characters are going to show up and drag out and be inspirational stuff. And they're all going to lose. And then Saitama is going to show up and beat the guy. But that's yeah, why that, I figured, that, like, there's a point thing. to all this. It's, like, setting, it's doing this repeatedly it, 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 to get a point across. So It is. It's, like, minor spoilers, but it's kind of setting up for a sort of plot point, like, a theme. The overall theme of the show, I think, is that it's starting to kind of explore is um, strong people are strong, weak people are weak kind of thing. Yeah. There's, really, there's a ton of really strong characters in that setting that, for absolutely no reason, are incredibly strong. The other one you've seen is the tornado chick. Yeah. She's like an amazingly powerful psyker for no reason. And it's just something that's with that world where they have basically walking, gods walking among them. Saitama being one of them and the the little chibi girl being the other. And there's like other ones that we'll get introduced later. But yeah, it's like, um, uh, yeah, yeah. It's I'm, good. I'm looking forward to watching the last three episodes because. Oh, yeah. I'm. When is the second next season going to be? It fun? hasn't been announced yet. Oh, and another really good part about the show too is the animation quality is fucking top notch. And with these yeah. last three episodes, you're really going to understand that. The best is still yet to come. So, oh, good. I was hoping for that, dude. Dude, hmm. weed, weed, man, weed, weed, weed. Yeah, weed, 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 <laughs> weed, weed. Four twenty. <420. laughs> yeah, four twenty. Weed, man. Four twenty. Swag yellow. Uh, weed. <laughs>